It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog, which someday will be updated at filmsociology.tumblr.com. Just you and me today, although uh, we do have a chat for, uh, recorded earlier this week with uh, Stacy Studeville, one of the uh, usual suspects here at WFYI. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're doing a weekly talk show, sometimes life gets in the way of things, and sometimes more than one life event gets in the way, in, in, in the way of things. One of my original guests who was supposed to be here could not make it, so at the very least, after I plug what's going on in my world uh this weekend and next weekend the richmond shakespeare festival is happening uh two o'clock on saturday you can see uh the comedy of errors and then at 7 30 p.m the tragedy of king lear which has its opening weekend this weekend uh father's day june 19th at two o'clock comedy of errors uh wednesday the 22nd the uh, king lear will be performing thursday the 23rd comedy of errors will be performing at 7 30 p.m King Lear will be Friday the 24th at 7.30. Saturday the 25th, Comedy of Errors at 2 o'clock, Tragedy of King Lear at 7.30 p.m. And in the closing performance on Sunday, June 26th, 2 p.m., Comedy of Errors. This is all happening at the Gorge, uh, Gorge Park in Richmond, Indiana. Go to richmondshakespearefestival.org. Full disclosure, Comedy of Errors is directed by Mrs. Sosie. And I do want to give a big shout-out to the cast and crew of the Eclectic Pond Theater Company's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. It's apparently a beach theme, so you can watch some Frankie and Annette or Blue Hawaii before uh, checking out this production. Anyway, that is running at the Indy Fringe Basile Theater. That's, of course, 719 East St. Clair Street in Indy. It's running this weekend, uh, tonight at 8 o'clock. Well, depending on when you listen to this. Saturday at 8 p.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and then next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 8 p.m., and Sunday the 26th at 5.30 p.m. So you can go to Eclectic Pond Theater Company's website for more information there. That's uh, eclecticpond.org. 
And that's also their email address. Also want to give a salute and raise a glass to playwright and screenwriter Peter Schaefer, who passed away on June 6th at the age of 90. Best known for writing and winning an Academy Award for the screenplay and the stage play for Amadeus. He also wrote the play and did the screen adaptation for Equus. And, of course, there's a production of Equus happening in Indianapolis next month, and we'll probably have some of those people in in the, on a future uh, film sociology. And then he also did the play and screenplay for the 1972 comedy The Public Eye, not the Joe Pesci film, but the one with uh, Topol and Mia Farrell. That's also worth checking out. So uh, salute to you, Peter. Okay, um, the other life thing that gets in the way is I was not able to see Finding Dory, the much-anticipated uh, sequel to Finding Nemo, or as uh, my daughter Emma has said, a, f- a sequel she has literally been waiting for most of her life. Uh, but that is open this weekend, as well as Genius, as well as the comedy Central Intelligence. Um, just to get out of the way, new on DVD and Blu-ray this week, well, we have London Has Fallen, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Eddie the Eagle... Hello, my name is Doris, and for me, the best film of the lot, and not enough people saw it, even though it got an Academy Award nomination, and in some circles, she probably should have won, but the British marital drama, 45 Years, a great performance from Charlotte Rampling, who was, uh, received the Best Actress nomination. Also, big shout-out to Tom Courtney, who plays her husband. A gut-wrenching film of trust and and the foundation of a marriage and what happens when something from the past comes back to haunt them and, and figuratively eats them inside out. Uh, oh, some old titles on Blu-ray. Victor Victoria is now out on Blu-ray. Thanks to Warner Archives for that. And if you need Jaws 2, Jaws 3, and Jaws the Revenge, that's out on Blu-ray, as well as a complete collection of all the airport films. And Criterion put out Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Yes, that was later remade as Heaven Can Wait. Okay, because of Finding Dory, I was talking with uh, Stacy Studeville, a, a co-worker of mine here, we're both parents, about what happens when... Uh, a film scares a child in the theater, but it's okay to watch in the comfort of your own home. And so here's my chat with Stacy Studeville. Joining me in studio here on Film Sociology. She, it's been a while since she's been on the show, but she is one of the usual suspects here at uh, Film Sociology. And she also works in our development department. That's Stacy Studeville. Hi, Stacy. Hello, Matt. Appreciate you coming in. Now, besides uh, her being the unofficial Dakota Johnson correspondent, I kid, <laughs> but uh, but she has two lovely children. And uh, every now and then, she and I, off off the air, will talk about our kids and, and cinema and that sort of thing. And uh, something came up recently, and I was thinking... About this since uh, Finding Dory opens uh, this weekend, but we were talking about film and Zootopia came out on video last week, and this is where it came from. Yes. But but films in which the child is freaked out at the theater, but is able to watch it in the confines and the comfort of their own home. And you went through this recently with your oldest daughter Maya. I did. So um, so Maya is six. And I believe that we took her to the movies for the first time when she was like six months old because we wanted to get out of the house. That, that's fair enough. I, yeah. I, I, I wish I could brag that I could take Emma <laughs> to that to get the cinematic experience. But I know you just want to get out. Yes. And, uh, you know, she um, we saw a, a child appropriate movie. I think it was Toy Story 3. Um, so Well, that ending. Can, uh, I know. right? <laughs> um, so. Eric and I have always been movie buffs, and so we have always kind of exposed Maya to movies, and we kind of take 
our cues from what she's comfortable with. So there have been several times when we've taken her to a movie and we've either left because she's bored. Um, yes. That was like, in the, you know, in like the twos. Um, yeah, because it, we're building an attention span. Exactly, here. exactly. And then so more recently, this has happened a couple of times. And the most recently was with Zootopia. So, um, and for those who know Zootopia, the jaguar chase, the jaguar chase scene. Well, and so, okay, mom fail. I we got to the movie like two minutes before it started, and it was like Saturday night, or I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. But the theater was full. The only place that we could sit was about four rows back from the front. So we were, we were like. In it, we were in Zootopia. Is that the closest you'd been with uh, with Maya? Yeah. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah, because you know we usually sit in the very, very back, um, just for um, the respect of other parents with older kids, and right. also just Maya likes sitting in the very back. And so you know we were really in this movie, and it overwhelmed. It did, and and what was what was unfortunate for her is that. She could close her eyes, but the noise, it was so loud. Mm-hmm. And she actually, okay, so, yeah, so we had to leave. Like, at that moment in time, she's like, we're getting out of here. Did she say that? Yeah, she's <laughs> okay. like, we're out of here. Like, I am done. <laughs> and so I was like, no problem. And we yeah. just left. As, as parents, we know, when you bring a little one to a film, there you have to have it in your head that you might not make it to the end of right. the film, and you're just going to have to eat the dollars. Right. Well, okay, so so sidebar. Yeah. Like, the whole point, like, I enjoy a kid's movie from time to time, but let's just be honest, I'm there for the popcorn, <laughs> and then also about, like, 40 minutes in, I get to take, like, a 20-minute nap. So... <laughs> no, no, that's, there's a lot of parents that feel yeah. that way. That's yeah, right. I mean, that's how I suffered through Strange Magic, we'll say. Wow. Right? Uh, okay, so back to Zootopia. So, <laughs> so, like, a couple weeks pass, and, I mean, Maya just... Talked and talked and talked about it. Like, she was just like, I did not like that movie. Like, that was not okay. And um, she's pretty resolute. But my my friend, Claire, who, um, an old WFYI co-worker, she mm-hmm. lives in Minnesota now. She was in visiting um, for the mini marathon. And so on Sunday afternoon, we decided to go see a movie. And really, the only kids' option was Utopia. And I'm like, Maya, you can do this. Like, we're going to get there. It's sat- Sunday afternoon. We'll sit in the back, and we'll leave if, if we need to. But she, ha- like, here's the thing that she did. is She's like, I hated that movie. It was She really awful. said, wow. But the kid would, in her, like, screen time, uh, she would watch YouTube clips of the movie almost in its entirety so she was like oh my gosh it's my favorite movie except i don't want to see you know like right she's just she was throwing me all like different which by the way stacy did not uh put up the scenes on youtube we're not saying we don't know where they came <laughs> from that's none of us disney oh, don't come after us. i mean listen she's probably just watching the preview 800 times fair enough like... okay that's good <laughs> So, um, so we went to see it a second time. So, she... so, so it's evolved from I hated the movie to I liked the movie except for this one scene. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we we did. We went again, and it's so funny because like a couple of weeks after she made it through the whole movie. Good. Um, a couple. She sat on my lap for a while. During it, I fell asleep. I'm not. I, like... <laughs> You've seen it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And literally, Maya's like, "Mom, you were asleep during that part." So like. <laughs> I know you don't remember what happened. Mm -hmm. So she made it through. But then she she admitted to me a while later that she was really scared, but she, like, toughed it out 
for Claire. All right. Yeah. Um, but we've been dealing with nightmares um, to some degree. Oh, really? Um, until... No, before, because of this or before okay, this? Okay, so between the time we saw it in the theater until last Tuesday when it came out on DVR. Or like on DVD, we uh-huh. bought it. Um, we bought it on Vudu. And um, she obsessively watches it now. Wow. And um, she's not scared of any of it. And she thinks it's awesome. And the Jaguar scene is actually kind of lame. And like, Sorry, putting yeah. the fear, to, you know, putting yeah. it aside and dismissing it. But yeah. I think that this goes back to the thing that it's my theory that, you know, um, it's it's the it's the space of the movie theater. Sure. Right. Which is like really loud. La- it's larger dark. than live screen. Yeah. It's dark. It's loud. You're in a room full of strangers. You get the energy off of everyone. And the thing with Zootopia is, like, it wasn't just that scene. The, it, a lot of it takes place at night in mm-hmm. the dark. And there are several, like, kind of action sequences that, um, yeah, that it just, it's really interesting. Well, you mentioned, because I, I, I couldn't remember if I had asked you before about how close. I remember we had a, a thing with Emma. Now, Emma hasn't quite had that experience, and, and that's because we take her to everything. But but there was a moment, it was one of her first live-action films. We saw Zathura, and this is, of course, the house that goes in the space film. And, it, again, we were in, in Greenwood, and it was one of those that we arrived late. So we were, like, in the fifth row. So we're in that, you know, certain movie theaters where it's that front section that separates from the you know the aisle and then the back section. Yep. So we were in the fifth row, and there were there was a few arm grabs, uh, you know, onto you know she dug her knee, he, he or her nails into dad's arm with a couple of alien scenes. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, we, there have been fussy moments, but there have been scared moments. But uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, I've heard on more than one occasion because it's dark, because it's loud, because there's other people there, and in the case of that, yeah, because you're that close, it over. So it reminds me of the stories of when you you know kids. See See their favorite uh, characters on TV or in or in the comics, and then they go to a theme park with said characters, and the said characters, you know, are eight feet tall, oh, and, yeah. and so that that perception really throws them. Yes, I mean, that Maya was scared of the PBS Kids characters for several year, for about two years because they were so big, and and um and then it, it and then it evolved into well, their heads are too big. <laughs> And and she couldn't understand. It's so interesting because she was like three, and she's like, I just don't understand why they're so big. And my response was, Well, when they're on the stage, they have to be big enough that the kid, little kids in the back, can see them. Oh, that's good. And yeah, she was like, Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we have all kinds of interesting conversations. What's What's funny about Zootopia is like at the same time that she was terrified of Zootopia on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Eric uh, showed her Jurassic World. They watched it together. See, why? This is this is her husband, by the way. Oh, which yeah. which sounds like a husband father thing yeah. to do. Wow, it was totally fun. I mean, my I mean, my favorite comment that Maya made. We were watching it, and um, well, so I sat down about halfway through the movie and um what's her name is it Bryce Dallas Howard how does she run in those heels Bryce I was like what kind of shoes is is she wearing those are ridiculous so then like two weeks later we're I'm watching it with Maya and Maya's like mommy her shoes are ridiculous it's like Uh that's right doesn't fall far from the tree yeah she could have put on some tennis shoes at any point in time (laughs) Oh, you get a better shot against the dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we're, it's a running for your life scenario, and she couldn't like grab some tennis shoes. But at least she didn't do the the horror movie where she you know falls down after three steps. Oh, right, right, right. They did take a pause, 
in the middle of dinosaur destruction, not to have too much of a spoiler alert for... for Bryce Dallas Howard and um, what's the hottie? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. What's the hottie? What's the hottie? <laughs> so like literally, they're fighting dinosaurs and they take a pause to do like a movie star kiss. And again, I was like, that's so dumb. Like there are people dying all around you, and like you need to make how'd, out. With how'd them. Maya take that? Oh, she was like, why are they kissing? <laughs> Yes, forget forget the forget the the terrifying dinosaurs attacking. Yeah. It's the kissing yeah, that really is a deal breaker. Thinks, yeah, no, she, yeah, actually, was... Emma's that way about Shakespeare plays, but that's <laughs> that's another time for here. So, um, all right, so I, I actually went on to my Facebook page earlier this week and posted and uh, posed this question: Has this happened to a child or you? And no, I wasn't trolling to you know humiliate you. Uh, <laughs> and I got a lot of responses here. And by the way, uh, I know she's not listening to the podcast, but Maya, thank you for letting us use you as a test case. I know eventually. It's Mom, stop talking about me on the radio. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start with uh, a lot here. Uh, Christina from Indianapolis writes, for her, Halloween was the first but any horror movie after The Exorcist. So I think she's talking about herself there. Um, Jared in Louisville says, I think my daughter gets a little scared because of how loud the movies are at the cinema, but she's usually rallies by sitting on Mom's lap, and we have started going to the cinema that uh, that has the loungers for seats. My daughter is almost four. Ooh. Okay. Okay. There so, yeah. so the fact that the bigger seats that helps, yeah. Always, always have a lap. Because yeah. I remember uh, Emma's first film was uh, Racing Stripes, the uh, the zebra movie, as she called it, uh-huh. talking zebra that wanted to be a racehorse. And there was the kids, you know, the seat with the kids seat on top, and she oh. would stay. Mm-hmm. She would stay on that for about half of the time, and then you know, then she crawl on to me. So that's that's expected. Uh, John from St. Louis writes the Minions movie. I guess the, the supervillain convention. You know, with a oh. Sa- the Sandra Bullock character, um, and yes. a little bit of peril, of course. I, and yeah, by the way, I get it. Di- by the way, Disney's been having separation and peril moments their entire career. Oh my let's, let's not forget yeah. that. Um, let's see. Diana writes, I can't recall specifically, but I know we went to watch some movies at home because we can pause, take a break, skip, turn the lights on, and otherwise help them through an uncertain experience. That's a that's a pleasure and a burden. I know I'm the film guy. Um, I would imagine that a child could watch in the theater again with no problem because they know that the chase ends. The fear was uncertainty, not location. All right, that's yeah. yeah. Um, Rachel from Las Vegas. Yeah, I know these these are actual things. Uh, I do not have a child, but talking to myself, I was scared of Muppets Treasure Island. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. It's kind of scary. Pirates. I'm trying to. Th- the first movie I remember being scared of when I was a kid. Um, our babysitter took us to see The Wizard of Oz two. Oh gosh. G- Return to Oz. I do remember that. Yeah. Was, um, for uh, Balk was in that, I believe. Oh yeah. Okay. So I remember. Um, it's like when they were walking down the hallway and there are all the heads. Yes. Like lining the hallway. Oh man, that creeped me out. Now, did that blow your uh, your time with The Wizard of Oz for a while? Oh no. no, okay, no. Um, I, yeah. I, I remember seeing at a drive-in. I remember a night. So it was nineteen seventy-five, and I saw The Towering Inferno with my parents. And there was the, I wish I could remember the the actress that falls out of the building. That that freaked me out. But that was you know that was also in a car. There's my folks. Slightly different feel, I think, than than the drive-in. Uh, Vicky from Davenport says, I know for myself there have been a few movies that I was glad I saw at home in the light, in the theater. The darkness is a part of the movie and becomes part of the fear of the unknown and suspense the film creates. At home, I'm pretty in, I am in my safe space, and the film becomes just a film. 
Uh, Mark and his sister never really had issues at films, but then again, Bambi did lead to a lot of discussion on the ways of nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is that. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, of course, my uh, my comrade, and of course, uh, one of the guys from the Film Me Up. I know Cameron got a bit scared at the Jungle Book in the theater, haven't yet had a chance to test it out on home video. Oh, that's a, the that's live, new well, live. not live action, but the G, yeah, the, yeah. This, the, the most recent one. Alan from Honolulu, The Force Awakens scared my kids, six and four, in the theater, but they watched it many times at home with no problem. Your first Star Wars experience. Nice. Um, Pat writes, my kids will not watch the movie Nine at night. That's the animated one, not the musical. I I vaguely remember that. (laughs) Melissa from Indianapolis writes, the live-action Cinderella movie. The stepmother was mm-hmm. too scary for her in the theater, but at home she did fine. Yeah, Maya, I, I think Maya. That's right up in Maya's alley, Yeah. I think. You know what? Actually, I, th- I don't know that we saw that in the theater because I think the previews made it seem a little too creepy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just knowing Maya. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got a beam but, on her. But she watched it. Yeah, she watched it at home. So, you know, know, way to go, Kate Blanchett. Um, Abigail writes, when I was 10, I saw a pre-showing of the movie Monster House, and it scared the bejesus out of me. When I saw it in the theater at home with the sister, I thought it was hilarious, especially the puns. I also had a hard time watching Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets due to the intensity of the spiders and the uh, basilisk. But now I can watch it just fine. I'd say the intensity of the movie, surround sound, darkness, and the real... You get the idea. Um, I couldn't watch Nightmare Before Christmas for years because I was scared of Halloween and loved Santa slash Christmas. All right. Uh, Uh, Karen from Michigan writes, uh, I I had a child with sensory issues, so we ended up leaving the theater and not going back. The local theater does special showings with the volume lower for Asperger kids now. I think I'd prefer that as well. Uh, maybe you can help me understand why our movie is so loud. Yeah. I think there's a combination of things. One, you and I, of a certain age, I am much older than you are, but 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 I think we were used to the the old theaters that maybe had the sound coming from the front and that's it. Mm-hmm. It really once the multiplexes kicked in and if they were really good multiplexes, you had sound you had speakers surrounding you at all time. Sound technology has gotten better. I also know I think kind of like projections, I think sometimes they are probably played at too loud a volume, especially in action films. So Absolutely. it's like, it, and there, and these are moments that it, the, the people up in the back should be trained for this, whether it's, it's, you know, the camera's too bright or too dark, or if you see the boom mic, by the way, when you see a boom mic, it is not the movie's fault. It's the projectionist's fault. Oh, interesting. That is, yeah. Because these are professionals. I, I yeah. remember, I remember I was at a remake the remake of the omen and you saw the boom mic, and I'm like, no, 20th Century Fox would not let this happen. This yeah. is the projectionist's fault. Huh. So, uh, Moving on. Uh, Ed from Batavia, Illinois. The Goosebumps movie. My seven-year-old asked to leave the theater shortly after the Garden Gnome invasion. Oddly, my five-year-old was fine when it became available in Blu-ray. Both my kids love it. Um, I had doubts going in the Jungle Book, Jungle Book recently, but both my kids love it. My seven-year-old went crazy for it. Based on what I heard about some intense scenes, I, would pre- I was prepared to have walked out. By the way, going back to Goosebumps, this surprised me mainly because they had seen all the Jurassic Park films and especially Jurassic World and IMAX and love them all. Yeah. You never know. You never know what's going to scare one, kids. Yeah. One yeah. Because, you know, we, we, we've talked before on the show about horror films, and I think whatever taps into your own fears, mm-hmm. I'm not asking. 
That's just how it is. Um, Kirsten from Indianapolis. <laughs> Emerson watched the first five minutes of Ratatouille and will, in all caps, will absolutely not watch it ever again. We'll say, do you want to watch something? And without mentioning Ratatouille, he'll say, I'm not going to watch Ratatouille. <laughs> Too many movies begin with a child being separated from his or her parents. It's, of course, terrifying for a kid who is mega attached. Well, that's every other Disney film. So I know. It's really interesting. Like, um, you know, when Maya was three, mm-hmm. um, you know, and she was obsessed with Frozen. I guess that was three years ago. Maybe whatever. Three and a half. Right. Um, yeah. They just kind of, like, implied that the parents died right they just right. Like, they just went away and so we never really talked about it but big hero six which she saw yeah, last year man that was intense that's a, that's a murder <laughs> it, yeah and um, that's a death that's yeah. another movie that we had to leave but then oh she, okay she was obsessed i would with say it. was mm-hmm. it i would say was it the 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 murder itself or was it the little uh crawly it was, it was the black robot when it yes. kind of like encompassed when it was chasing hero for the first time and that movie is awesome and maya yes, loves that movie now but like um, that was I knew that was the other one. That was yeah. the one we first started talking about. Yeah, but you know, I Maya, what's different? Um, it, it's interesting. She just started crying because she's sad with movies, and that happened with the Good Dinosaur. And she watched oh, the Good gosh, Dinosaur yeah. once, and she Eric said I didn't watch it with her, but Eric said she was like crying because she mm-hmm. was sad, and she was like, I'm not watching that movie again. Like she did. And, and how many times has she seen it since? No, we no, not, really, she has not watched it again. Wow. And, but I do, but I do think that it's an opportunity to talk to your kids about. How, first of all, I mean, it doesn't work with every kid, but like we're just really like Maya. It's not real. It's on. It's on the screen. Yeah. It's not real. And I say to her, I was like, part of going to the movies is like being sca- a little scared, and sometimes feeling sad, and sometimes being excited, and and um, you get to experience all those things in the in a safe in a safe place. Exactly. And it makes it exciting and fun. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's working, but that's what we try. And and of course, I think you say, especially when you say it's a safe place. So you can be sad. You can be scared, especially mom, mom and dad. You know, you're not, you're not dumping Maya off with a 10 going, well, I'll pick you up in 90 minutes. So yeah. And with Emerson, you know, he's still, he's still pretty little. And so I think that that conversation will change as he gets older. And of course, older sister will be there to Hopefully, hopefully, take care and not instigate because siblings do that sometimes. Uh, well, no, I was talking about Emer- Kier- oh. Oh, Kirsten. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kirsten. Yeah. yeah, and actually, I, I did respond to, em- to to Kirsten saying, uh, please give the film another chance in a few years because it is, a, besides, I know, the opening scene, it is a wonderful film about the appreciation of food. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, Christine from, uh, I hope it's Collierville, Tennessee, writes, I don't know if it qualifies as quote-unquote scared, but Jacob was mortified by the scene in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince where Dumbledore has to drink the poison. Right. Uh, he was afraid to. He was afraid of the uh, inferi in that scene too. But the fact that Harry was participating in torturing Dumbledore was just too much for him in the theater. Not long after, we had a HP marathon and watched all the films at that point, including Half Blood Prince, and was fine. Of course. Nice. Uh, Sandra from Chicago writes: My daughter was petrified at the at the same scene, the Jaguar chasing Zootopia. It was so bad we have not attempted the second viewing. And then she writes: LOL. <laughs> give it. A, yeah. Again, give it time, and it's now on video. Stephanie from Richmond writes Silence of the Lambs, except it was me as an adult. <laughs> That's okay. I know who you are, Stephanie. Emma loves that film. Um, <laughs> Joni from Noblesville. My kid, who was a train fanatic, was completely freaked out by the Polar Express in 3D at the IMAX, but he loved it on the regular movie screen and watched it watched it countless times at home. 
Um, I think it's they, and then a couple of people chimed in. I think the fact that they were creeped out because the faces do not change. That's the animation. That's the Bob oh. Zemeckis looking animation. And then she also writes, I just remembered the train car with the creepy puppets. Uh, Kay from Indianapolis writes Jurassic Park. Uh, Missy from Cicero, Indiana writes, I still can't watch The Shining alone at night. And Emma has brought this up. We have seen a couple of films in the daytime, The Exorcist yep. and Jaws and The Shining. She's seen all those, all three of those. She's 14. She was probably 12, I think, with The Shining. But but they were – it was prefaced with, I'll watch it in the yeah. daytime. Was, okay, so – there is a preview. I've never seen. I don't really like scary movies. I right. feel like the way that I look at it is that um, I have to be the grown up in my house that's not scared of stuff in the middle of the night. And right. So I can't. I cannot watch horror movies. I can watch. Um, I can watch like thrillers. But anyway, I accidentally watched the preview for that movie called um, Babadook. Oh, the Babadook! Yeah. Oh my god, that preview. Scared me because you know it's, it's really good. <laughs> um, so my youngest Mac is two, and so I watched that preview when he was still waking up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a like an old wooden rocking chair in his room. Uh-oh. I swear, I swear to you, I was like frightened to my bones to go into his room to attend to him when he cried at two a.m. because I couldn't get that preview out of my head. Oh, man, it's really solid. Oh, <laughs> really good performances from the mom and the son. And there's, there's, it's, you know, it, it give it throws a lot of red herrings at you. Is it the, you know, is it the son? Is it the mother? There's a little, you know, there's a little symbolic postpartum stuff. I can't Is even. it the house? Or is it just a creepy old book that is supposed to kill you? And then I got that, I got that, um, the rhyme. Yeah. Stuck in a oh, loop in my head. Okay. I mean, I can't even. Uh, those who know the trailer from Magic freaked me out as a kid. Uh, and then finally, Dave from Moscow, Indiana. I wish. Um, Finding Nemo freaked out my girl and boy age, at ages seven and five. Murdered mother, lost dad, had to keep them hanging on to the ha- for the happy ending. <laughs> Having conversations with them and several years of growth, it was cool, but I don't believe we've revisited Nemo. Well, well, got your t- chance t- now. And it's got your chance now, and yes, this is and and as Emma's reminded me, this is you know, Finding Dora is a sequel that she's literally been waiting waiting for most of her lifetime, <laughs> but a twelve years. So yeah, that it, it, again over time, I um, that I would say give, give these films another chance, but mm-hmm. I totally totally get it, um, totally understand that. Yeah, it's been so fun and um, really fascinating to kind of understand and see Maya's fears and how they manifest and how they go away and how she manages them. And um, I don't know. It's just like something that you don't think about when you become a parent. You're not like, oh, I can't wait to have conversations with my daughter about. Right. About this. Right. Yeah. And so um, so I've appreciated talking with you about this, like over the past, like, probably a year and a half we've been having this conversation well yeah it's been fun for maya to check in and you know for you just and see what you guys have been seeing yes um now people just so there's a point of reference with i I mentioned earlier about emma uh between her her mother my wife and i i mean we've we've emma's been to a lot of plays so she's seen a lot of the behind the scenes at a very young age so you know yeah christmas future especially at irt's production is is kind of freaky but she, you know, she has seen her mother in Hamlet and King Lear. We saw Friends do a production of Macbeth. When she was four, Lynn was in a production in Louisville of The Crucible. And she got to hang out backstage with the girls, with the girls who are running around, you know, who are accused. 
use of of witchcraft. Yep. So anyway, it was you know we were it's a very rare experience for us that at a at a young age she was able to peek behind the curtain literally and figuratively. Uh-huh. So anyway, it's a different breakdown I think, and I know for, for uh, most of the people out there, you're renting it. Or you're watching it, and then you go home, and that's that. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, these are great tools and a great experience. And I, I always think of, to a certain degree, because it's not my kid, it's yours. But uh, but Maurice Sendak, when asked about uh, where the wild things are, when the book came out, of don't, aren't you afraid that this is a little too intense for young readers? And his response was, let them wet their pants. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying your kid needs to wet your pants, but I think a little fear and, and yeah. being able to face the dragon, literally uh-huh. or figuratively, um, is good for a kid. I think so, too. I think um, we read a ton of Roald Dahl to Maya. Like, and we, the there's, twist, there's some I mean, just, odd stuff in there. there, is, there yeah, there, there are some you know interesting interesting plot lines and things like that. But I don't know. I like that. I, I don't. I don't. I, every parent is different. And, yeah. like, you do you. But, like, I just don't necessarily want to sanitize all of Maya's entertainment. I like the idea there's of exposing enough of it, her. There's enough of yeah, it out there. Yeah, and exposing her to interesting things um, when we feel like she's ready. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we we probably have been watching The Princess Bride with her for a year and a half. I mean, we just introduced the movie to her. She loved it, and it's like, well, this is great. Like, it's, I mean, it's a classic movie. Does Screeching Eels do anything to her? Uh, probably the first time. Sure. You know, but not since. I mean, and I think that, you know, those kinds of things kind of become, like, like the jaguar scene in right. Zootopia doesn't even phase her anymore. Although I do have to say she does have bad dreams, and um, sometimes they're animal related. Okay, she's going to be fine, folks. But she also she's... thinks she's part wolf, so there's there's <laughs> that. <laughs> okay, so she's a part of the kingdom. So maybe I I, I can't wait to hear emails from psychiatrists. Uh, but I'm sure there is, you know, d- in order to face the fear, one must become an animal to face. Yeah, I don't know. It's something. Yeah, again, this this isn't pop psychology. It's just two parents talking. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Stacey, I, I appreciate you hanging out. You know, the door's always open. And, you know, someday – well – my, uh, you know, the the kids' film correspondent is, you know, the office has been closed. So if Maya's ever here, the door is open. Oh my goodness! Maybe we'll do that with Finding Nemo, or that Finding be, Dory, or fi- whatever. Maybe it is. I'll be, I'll be the, sleeping. The movie, the movie, the fish yeah. movie. I want to that fish movie. I'll watch twenty mini- minutes off and then take a nap. <laughs> was say was um what was there a film that Maya as a kid watched constantly? Because for Emma, it was fortunately she had two films that she alternated. Thank God, but they were Monsters Inc. And Finding Nemo, both of which have their own moments of. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think for her, uh, what she does is she'll just obsessively watch one thing for maybe like a week and a half or two weeks. So I mean, she's like she like with Zootopia for a week now. She's been like, in the time that she is allotted to watch TV, uh-huh. uh, she'll like watch the whole show, movie, stop it, start it at the beginning. Wow, stop it, and um, Man. yeah, and thanks to my. Uh, wonderful nephew. Uh, she's been throwing High School Musical into that mix, which to me is scarier. Than... Okay, that's that's another discussion for oh another God. time. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So she she um, like she loves the, yeah she loved Toy Story. Sometimes she loves questionable movies. And I'm like, oh, questionable. How did you, All right, wait. Like, how did like you what? find? How did you find? Barbie and the Pearl Princess. Okay, thank you. Because when you say I'm like Ugh. Pulp Fiction, or right, right. <laughs> you know, you have Fifty Shades of Grey, like what do you mean by questionable movies? Questionable. So. Like I question her taste. Um, yes, that's that's a little better. That's remember what I mean. See, this is this, here's another tip, parents. 
you watch grown-up movies with your child because if if your child says you're watching adult movies, C- yeah, <laughs> CPS is going to come after you. So if anything else from this conversation, a little cinematic fear is good. Talk to your kids and use the term grown-up grown up movies. I like that. Well, so. thank you for having me, Matt. This has been fun. Thank you, Stacey. Yeah. Big thanks to Stacey Studeville for uh, chatting with me on that. And a big shout-out and thanks to everybody who responded on Facebook. That was really cool. Got some opinions from all over the country. I, it makes it sound like a national, international show. Or as Elmore Leonard once said, it's a real show. All right, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back after the break, I'm going to mention a couple of midnight movies uh, we're checking out. And then we'll go into the interview archives. So stick around. I'm Matthew Sosi, and you're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Jonathan Scott with the Property Brothers, and this is Film Sociology with Matthew on WFYI. Yes, there's a reason why I played that. Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Socey. Okay, just a few notes of uh, some upcoming events. Of course, Midnight Movies, I, I, anytime you can go to a movie at midnight, especially on the weekends, I think that's a, that's definitely worth checking out this weekend at the Keystone Art Cinema. If you're a big anime fan, Akira is happening tonight, uh, Saturday and uh, at midnight. And uh, just a, a reminder, on June 24th and 25th, it is the quote-along sing-along edition of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. July 1st and 2nd, the 30th anniversary of Labyrinth, Sky Point, David Bowie. July 8th and 9th, Spinal Tap. July 15th and 16th, Roadhouse. And July 22nd and 23rd, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. So mark your calendars for that. Um, over at the Artcraft Theater... On Monday the 20th is a part of their uh, summer break series. This is at 10 a.m. Um, on Monday the 20th, The Secret of Nim. if you're into early 80s animation. June 24th and 25th, both uh, Fridays and Saturdays at 2 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. both days, the first and the original Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, June 18th, Saturday, of course, at midnight at the Irving Theater in Irvington. They're showing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, yes, so and that is uh, 17 and over unless accompanied by a parent or an adult guardian. So, yeah, I got to say that. Uh, and then over at the Skyline Drive-In, I love searching online. Okay, oh, <laughs> yeah, it happens. Um, over at the Skyline Drive-In in Shelbyville this weekend, 
at uh, 9.30 p.m., Finding Dory. At 11.30 p.m., Alice Through the Looking Glass. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then uh, 1.30 a.m. from 1977, Jaws of the Dragon with uh, Chi Chu Chin, uh, Min Kyo Choi, and Sung Kyu Choi. As rele- and then the tagline, Lonesome Girls, Hungry Men. So there's that. And then over at the Tibbs, um, uh, again, the, the, the pairing of Finding Dory with Alice Through the Looking Glass. That's on screen one. Screen two, you have The Conjuring 2, followed by X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, sure. Uh, screen three, Central Intelligence, followed by Warcraft. Yeah. And then uh, Now You See Me 2 on screen four, along with T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, out of the shadows. Those are happening over at the Tibbs, and uh, there's oh just a, an, another event over at the the Skyline. There's going to be live music this evening, um, f- featuring uh, Tony T and others. That is happening on the 25th. Of course, it all depends on when you're listening to the show. Okay, uh, you heard earlier a show ID from yes Jonathan Scott, one of the Property Brothers. Um, they are currently doing Brother vs. Brother Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock on HDTV. And, of course, before that, there's, my God, nine hours of Property Brothers episode reruns that you can watch and uh, for whatever reason you like to. Anyway, I got to talk with Jonathan Scott a couple years back. He was promoting an event which is uh, no longer happening, a uh, one-time affair. But it was fun to chat with him about uh, a Home Restoration, and Twins in Cinema. So here is my uh, classic chat with Jonathan Scott. Hey, Matthew. How you doing? All right. How are you? Not too bad. Good, good. I, 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 this is a film show here in Indianapolis. Uh, the, uh, it's called Film Sociology on WFYI in Indianapolis. And the first thing everybody inside my building is asking, why am I talking to you? Or actually, why are you talking to me, I guess? I heard that you're the guy that everyone wants to hang out with in Indianapolis. Oh, you're a be- isn't that enough? You're a better actor than you already are. <laughs> no, you have. I know you have a. It's I believe it's the King of the Castle Home Upgrade. Yeah, it's the Dove Men Plus Care <laughs> Hair King of the Castle Home Upgrade. Basically, it's a chance for me to go into one real man's house and totally upgrade and do what I would want to do. Some fun. We've got fun prizes that we're giving away uh, and things like that. So it's going to be. Not just an opportunity for me to go and and hang out with somebody at their home and consult on what we want to do, but we're going to deliver these incredible prizes too. You mean you're going to get rid of the uh, the the uh, beer posters from 1983 off the walls? Well, you know, it depends. It depends what it is. Uh, I went into my brother's place one time, my older brother, and he had the Kramer up on the wall, and you know, I just couldn't I couldn't take it down. It had too many fond memories for me. There there are certain wall wall art that I guess uh, develops character. It does. It does. <laughs> so, uh, so how can how can uh, guys? And by the way, the, the ladies outside the window of the recording studio are waving at you. So let that be known. Tell them that I'm waving back. <laughs> oh, I will. Um, so, so how can how can guys uh, enter and get interested? And how can they get in touch with you about this? Uh, the easiest way is to go to the DoveMenCare.com/slash King of the Castle, and that's got all the details on it, or through social media as well. Um, but the uh, the best thing is. You know, people want to get in right away so they have the opportunity to to get the application in. We're going to pick one real man across the country, and we're going to basically go in. We'll either do a real King of the Castle upgrade and put a moat into his home with a functioning (laughs) drawbridge, uh, or maybe we'll build the ultimate tree fort in the backyard so the kids have a strong place to play. 
<laughs> uh, or it might even be something as well. We have we have authentic-looking British royal guards that will guard the house for a week and do a changing of the guard ceremony twice daily, things like that. So there's bizarre prizes, but all this stuff, it's going to be fun. And, and, you know, we have things, too, like a, a home automation and home security system, as well as an outdoor kitchen and dining room area. So they have tons of prizes to choose from, but it's going to be an incredible experience. I, I'm curious, what home improvement shops have beef eater guards? <laughs> Uh, only the ones that I deal with. Let me tell you. <laughs> and do they have do they have the bottles with their images on them as well? Well, it, basically, th- this is what I'm thinking. I think if somebody comes in, and they choose that prize. That first of all, it I think it's something that's going to be great for somebody to brag. You know, if you think about it, you know, a guy says to a girl, "Yeah, you know, come on, come on over. You know, I've got this great place. Check it out." And she walks up, and all of a sudden, there's British royal guards there. She's going to think he's a king. So there's something going. I think it's impressive. But if you're thinking longevity and the value of the home, then you know going with one of the other upgrades that we have that's hard value to the house, I think, is an amazing idea. Now, is there are there themes like you know King of Thrones or Elsinore from Hamlet or Xanadu and Citizen Kane or even the Castle Anthrax from Holy Grail? Now, where were you when we were doing the creative process here? <laughs> These are the ideas that I need, and if I'm only relying on Drew to help me come up with ideas, I mean we're going to fall flat. So oh, I, I need bro- you. I need you in my camp, brother. Dig minutes into the chat. That's great. <laughs> so uh, I guess what other home improvement tips can one give you, especially if you're, if you're in the Midwest in the fall? Are there, are there simple things about having to call in the troops that uh, folks can do around the house to make things better for the fall? Yeah, there's a lot of maintenance that we say. You always want to do your maintenance in the fall just before you get into the winter and then in the spring again before you have the warm weather come around and all, you know, uh, depending on where you are, if there's snow melt off and stuff like that. But the biggest thing for going in the winter is, one, you want to make sure that your furnace is functioning the most efficiently that it can. So simply just changing out filters. Um, you also want to make sure that you've got adequate insulation. Um, so usually say if you haven't blown in extra insulation into the attic, that's something that's very easy to, to have a company come in and do, or you can do it yourself too. Um, and then walking around and just checking the entire house for any leaks around windows, air leaks around doors, making sure all the seals are good. Um, that's the first thing that you can do. Something else that people don't realize that helps with the bills a little bit, um, you know, everyone uses their fans, their ceiling fans in the summertime. They like that cool air blowing down on them. But your ceiling fans, especially if you have tall ceilings, 10-foot ceilings or 12-foot ceilings, if you reverse them in the wintertime, they actually recirculate that hot air that's rising. They recirculate it back down to the lower areas. So you'll find that your heating bill is lower if you use your ceiling fan in reverse. But the toilet swirling, that's a different story. Yeah, if you, got, if you want your toilet to swirl the other way, you've got to go to Australia. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what, what is next for you uh, television-wise? Right now, I, first of all, I don't know what you expect of me. I already have three shows that we're doing the whole time. <laughs> but uh, slowly we're taking over the airwaves. We have some other exciting projects coming up in the new year. You're going to get to see inside my house for the first time. You'll see what I actually am doing. I'm doing a massive project on my house in Vegas. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. My favorite spaces to do are outdoor living spaces, mm-hmm. which is why with the Dove Man Plus Care one, uh, contest, I'm doing uh, the treehouse out back because I love doing outdoor spaces. It's a great way to entertain, a great way for the family to have a space so they don't have to always go out to a theme park or something. But you're going to see some pretty wild stuff there. Um, and then a lot of other projects. You know, we're doing projects with you know companies like Funny or Die, and we're doing all these other um, digital uh, vignettes online so you know people can see those on hgtv.com 
and on our website, thestopbrothers.com. Okay. Some of the ladies are already asking, why isn't your house like Game of Thrones? So I'm not going to uh, – we'll just leave it at that. So <laughs> Now, I have to – I'll admit, my, it, my house, when it's done, it's going to be so much fun. We have everything from an infinity pool with a swim-up bar, a water slide going around a cluster of palm trees from the second story uh, of the house, and a drive-in-sized movie screen that comes up on hydraulics. So oh. if you guys are ever in Vegas, I expect that the whole station there, you're going to come in and you're going to visit. Oh, those are fatal last words, my friend. Um, <laughs> and so, actually, by the way, in, in my house, this HGTV is a station my wife has on all the time when she's working. So I think you're spending a lot of time with the missus, and I need to talk to you about that. You know, she sounds like a very smart lady with impeccable taste. <laughs> She, I call her sitcom wife, but then again, she makes fun of me when Candace and Genevieve are on, and I come screaming through the walls. So, <laughs> well, this is the funny thing I laugh is when people say to me, and we'll come up, we'll do live lectures, and you know, the wife will come up, and the husband's right there, and she'll just say, "There's only one thing I want to fall asleep to in bed, and that's you." And I feel really <laughs> awkward and uncomfortable, and the husband's like, "It's true, it's true. I shouldn't put the TV in the bedroom." Uh, this is a public station. We're not going to go there. Um, let's see. So, <laughs> movie wise, I guess have you have you watched any movies lately? Do you get a chance to with uh, three shows and all the stuff you got going on? I do. Um, I, I haven't seen as many movies lately as what I usually do, but I don't watch TV really. So, I the only thing I like to do is sort of go and escape and, and do film. And you know, I own a, a film production company as well. And yeah, I would say what's what's the word on that? Yeah, we actually are gearing up uh, for our first big feature film. We've done a lot of independent projects. I did a lot of short films when we were younger, um, but our first full-length feature uh, we're aiming to shoot next year, and that'll be a romantic comedy, a lot of fun. But I did, um, I did see recently, uh, is it Captain Phillips? Yes. I saw that. I, I thought it was fantastic. Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors, and, and the way he portrays it just did a really great job. Uh, it's intense. It gets pretty intense. Yes, it does. But... Um, Boy, if you were rattled off some films, you know, I saw I saw some that were a little bit more controversial. I saw Don John. I, um, you know what? I, as long as you can get past the uncomfortable subject matter, I thought it was really well done. It I is, thought it was hilarious. It is a standard romantic comedy. It just happens to have a lot of online porn. That's all. <laughs> yeah, isn't that? Isn't that the sign of a true romantic comedy, though? I don't know. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, of course, some people will say if you're, if you're dating Scarlett Johansson and you're still going online, you're an idiot. But that's, that's not <laughs> yeah. for me to say. Um, how much of the money pit is accurate, I guess, from your standpoint? Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, you, interesting you say that because I have come across some projects where it almost becomes comical how many problems we come across. And any time it's a property like that, it, usually, it was usually a previous owner was intentionally hiding the problems um, to pull the wool over your eyes, and I hate that. I think it's, you know, it's just a terrible thing to do. So I always say if you come across a problem with your home, you fix it. You don't pass the buck on to somebody else. This is your home. This is your asset. You're responsible for it. Whenever we're doing a construction job, we always have a contingency in place to cover the what-ifs, and any time you're doing a massive renovation, it is guaranteed you will come across something that you didn't plan because you couldn't see inside the walls or something was hidden. So that's what I always recommend. Do a contingency. I never do a contingency of less than 10%. Um, if it's a known area with problems or if it's an area that, you know, maybe definitely has asbestos or knob and tube or something like that, or if it's an older home, then we bump that up. You know, I've done contingencies as big as 25% if it was an area where we knew there were definitely foundation problems and definitely plumbing issues. So it, you just have to plan ahead and be careful. And Never, ever operate best-case scenario when you're doing real estate investment or when you're looking to renovate. You want to 
operate under worst-case scenario, and then anything that's better than that is just equity in your pocket. Okay, last question. You're, what's the better twin film, Parent Trap or Dead Ringers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd probably go with Parent Trap. I'd probably go with that. Or Twins, if oh. you want to go with the whole Danny DeVito-Arnie combo. You know, that was comical. That's, of course, Jonathan Scott from the Property Brothers and Brother vs. Brother. Brother vs. Brother is happening Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock on HDTV. And, of course, you can see a slew of Property Brothers episodes also on Wednesdays. They Apparently, the, the uh, marathon starts at noon. But uh, they're all over the place on HDTV, so you can go check that out. Again, all of my interviews, really, really good sports out there. And uh, speaking of good sports... And I can hear, well, I can hear Mrs. Sosie and Emma's eyes rolling, and I can hear Joan's eyes rolling on this one as we go into the interview archives once again. Yeah. Uh, before I play it, um, there are a series of interviews with uh, folks on TV and movies where they're promoting some particular event, and then I get to ask them silly questions. And uh, you usually get five to ten minutes with them. They are usually in a hotel suite somewhere in the world, and they talk to a slew of uh, radio stations and TV stations all in a row. So there's some publicists saying, okay, here's Matthew from Film Sociology in Indianapolis, and then I get to chat with them. And then I get to share it with you and keep it in the archives forever. And this was the first one of these that spawned uh, interviews like Jonathan Scott, like uh, Claire Robinson and others, like Molly Sims. But uh, anyway, here's the one that started it all, my chat with Padma. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Padma. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're hanging here in Indianapolis. I'm good. I'm good. We're just um, we're sitting here drinking up some coffee. <laughs> <We're hanging> up. <laughs> Very happy, jittery people. Well, <laughs> that's good to know. When, when it comes to summer, what, what is the first uh, dish that you think of? Well, you know, I think there's nothing so classic in summer as ice cream. And I'm going to show you how to dress up ice cream and make it into a fabulous dessert and give your guests a coffee all rolled into one. And the recipe is so easy, but if you don't write it down, it's on Nespresso.com. Basically, Nespresso makes these great espresso machines. Their coffee machines are renowned all over the world. And um, they basically have a pixie machine, which is the one I love. It comes in a lot of colors. You pop the little capsule of coffee in. It's the best possible coffee. You make the espresso. You just take a beautiful, simple scoop of vanilla ice cream, put it in a coffee cup, pour the espresso hot over it, sprinkle some chocolate chips, and drizzle some caramel sauce. That is it. You could add nuts. You could add cinnamon. You know, you could add peanut butter chips. But that's the basic recipe. And again, if your viewers are, you know, sorry, if your listeners are driving or whatever, it's on the website. Go to Nespresso.com. Sounds like a good movie treat as well. It's awesome, honestly. It, you know, they have this beautiful um, milk machine called the Arachino, and it's basically you just plug it in, and it steams up the milk and gives you that foam, just like those high-end uh, co you know, coffee bars all across Italy and Switzerland and France. It foams everything up. It steams the milk in one second. It's beautiful. Actually, probably about 30 seconds, but it's so easy to do. Well, can you tell us a little bit of uh, what's in store for Season 10 of Top Chef? Well, we haven't filmed it yet, so there's not much I can tell you. We're in pre-production right now. I think we're just all racking our brains and figuring out how we're going to top Texas from last Last season, I mean, we had such an incredible, incredible season. And, 
and we're just gearing to shoot. It'll probably be on the fall, and I think we're trying to shake it up again. I think you'll see a lot of surprises. I mean, you know, Charlize Theron and Patti LaBelle were on last season, so who knows who they'll come up with this season. Padma, we can top Texas, Indianapolis. <laughs> it sounds good to me. <laughs> so I was curious, um, when you see somebody cooking in a movie, do you pay extra special attention to see if they're actually doing it right? You know, that's a great question. I do, actually. I'm a big freak about continuity um, because, you know, I come from theater and I've done a couple of movies, and so I can always tell when there's not continuity or when someone's phoning it in. And, like, you know that scene um, in Jerry Maguire where Renee Zellweger answers the door? Watch it when they cut to his view. Her um, necklace is tied differently. Ah, yes. (laughs) So who can, movie-wise, who can cook? You know what? Stanley Tucci can cook his face off. That is not, he is not playing. Everything in Big Night is very authentic. Great so film. So can Martin Scorsese. His first student film was a film about his mom's spaghetti sauce. He gave me a copy of it. It's brilliant. And didn't she do all the cooking in that one kitchen scene in Goodfellas? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredible scene. So anytime uh, we're going to see you in a movie anytime soon? I have a couple of offers, but my problem is my scheduling. You know, mm-hmm. you have to really do one thing and do it well. I would—I haven't been in a movie since I started Top Chef five years ago. My last film was for the BBC. I would love to do another film. It just has to be the right one and, and work with the schedule, which is not always easy. I'm just thankful for my job on Top Chef at this point. Of course. Padma, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care, Matthew. All right, you too. There you go. Big shout out and thanks to Padma, to Jonathan, and to Stacy for all being guests on my show this week. Something old and something new. Uh, don't forget, Eclectic Pond Theater Company's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream is running this weekend and next weekend at the uh, Eclectic. Uh, it's actually at the Basile Theater, Indie Fringe Basile Theater. Um, you can go to eclecticpond.org for more information. And if you're ambitious and heading east, and you should, the Richmond Shakespeare Festival is running this weekend and next weekend with the Comedy of Errors directed by Mrs. Sosi, and King Lear. And those are shows running through June 26. You can go to richmondshakespearefestival.org for more information there. Ladies and gentlemen, some words to live by. Silent breed is people! Zardoz has spoken. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. And go see some Shakespeare. You deserve that, too. There's plenty to choose from in central Indiana. And until next time, thanks for listening. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan. Oh, and P.S. Go to thefilmyap.com and see Chris Lloyd's write-up of the 1978 action film The Driver, the Walter Hill film with Ryan O'Neill and Bruce Dern. He wrote about it on Monday, and then the A.V. Club and The Onion wrote about it for their History of Violence, Cinematic Violence column uh, on Friday. I want it noted. Both, both are fun to read. The film is worth checking out. But Chris Lloyd wrote about it first. So there. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you.
think it's overrated. Shut up, you! It is up and down, and so the, the ups are way up and the downs are way down. Um, uh, Shut up! My God! You have no freaking life! No. That's not what I said. It's <laughs> dumb. It's dumb. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off! Yeah, it's not hella bad, 